evening, Anna. Good evening, Sarah. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. A little bit tired, but I think that's kind of normal when you work all day and you do things that are just part of life. Right. Sure, you're tired too. Yeah, you about caught me in a yawn, I must admit. Not because I'm bored, just because I'm tired. <laughs> I'm here. I don't have time to be bored. I don't know what that word is. <laughs> I don't either. I wish sometimes I did, but I guess daddy always used to say it's better to wear out than to rust out. That's the truth. I'll tell you what, if you ever catch me yawning while uh -huh. somebody's talking or preaching or I don't know, it's not because I'm bored. It's because my brain has finally disengaged from the intensity and relaxed the dab. <laughs> And it's probably finally getting some oxygen <laughs> or right. needs oxygen. Maybe it needs oxygen would be the more accurate term. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm doing good. Ready to eat supper. Oh, I'm sorry. I um, oh, We just bother. ate with mom. We went to Chili's and she had chicken strips, you know, mom, her chicken strips and French fries. And she had, Corn on the cob, she graciously gave to me. <laughs> and she had her chips and salsa and queso for her hors d'oeuvre. Mm -hmm. And I had chicken pasta, Cajun chicken pasta with uh, mom's corn on the cob and a side salad. And it was delicious. And then Antonia, her and mom did the two for 25. So she got a steak with broccoli and mashed potatoes. Mm, that sounds yummy. Yummy food. That sounds good. We had talked about doing chilies for supper tonight, but I think we're going to do probably Bert's Diner because Daniel's craving a hamburger and they have good hamburgers. Ooh, yeah, that's the <laughs> one that we used to go to. It, what's what's that little town that we go to there? Uh, Wilton. Yeah, Wilton. Yeah, we like going out to Wilton. It's um relaxing and kind yeah, of just like too far. Yeah, it's just a little country town, so it's a little bit slower paced. I like so that kind of too, so that's a good place to eat. You know, they have excellent food. Mm -hmm. It is, um, you know, it's an old diner, so you're never sure how grungy those are. But I will say since COVID hit, the place is as spotless as the place could possibly be. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so, so that's a plus. <laughs> that's a plus. So at least you know, like as as clean as you can get an old diner, that's as clean as it can be. <laughs> so that's a good thing. I'll tell you what, they do have good food, but don't ever eat a steak there. We learned that the hard way. Uh oh. Steaks and diners don't typically blend. <laughs> right. That's more your hamburger, French fry, breakfast kind of stuff, I think, for diners. Oh, man. Yeah. They have the best breakfast, girl. Their chilaquiles are just, oh, my goodness. They they yeah. are hard to beat. So, and for being a little diner, like you would think, like a little a country town diner, they have the best Mexican breakfast. That, oh, yeah. Honest to goodness, I think of anywhere that I've been around here. <laughs> wow that's their cool. cooks have it down it is so yummy i like their green chili with pork in it it reminds me of more like the colorado style drink green chili uh -huh. with pork in it so um we like going there you cool. know yeah so we do. when we come that's one place we actually enjoy going to eat with y'all yeah it is it's a fun little place to go and the the waitresses are characters too so they always make it interesting oh, yeah. 
<laughs> so, you know, those little diners, the waitresses know everybody and chat with yeah. everybody and everything else. So it's kind of fun to yeah. go there. That's probably what we'll do tonight. So fun. That sounds yeah. good. Yeah. So but we'll go here in a little bit when we're done getting yeah. all this good stuff together. So <laughs> I'm excited to to talk about what we're going to talk about tonight. I was just sitting here for a couple minutes, actually, while we were getting all signed in and working out the glitches. And I was just doing a little research on our subject because I wanted to make sure to approach it properly. Mm -hmm. um, so, but uh, you want to introduce the subject for this week? Well, sure. I okay. think that um, this is one of my favorite things to talk about too, just because I, I think it's, a lost art in our world in this day and age. And so I think if we could make a, a challenge or introduce a challenge to our wonderful friends and followers, by the way, thank you all so much for listening. I hope y'all are enjoying these just raw and unfiltered um, podcasts that we're doing in our kitchen, in our living room, in our dining room at different times when we record. So tonight, I think we're going to talk about respect. And we were going to just talk about respect for the elderly, but respect is such a lost art, Anna, that I think it'd be good to just kind of talk about respect across the board. I agree. I agree. I wrote on my notes, you know, when we when I was thinking about it, that whole song came to my mind. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. <laughs> that is so like funny because soul. I was, yes, Aretha Franklin. <laughs> I was sitting here at the tables and I sang it and Antonio goes, not going to bow to your idols. But you know, when you say the word respect and you grew yes. up around soul music, <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah, just <laughs> <Right>? a little bit. <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> but you are right. It is a lost art. Unfortunately, in the world we live in today, I think that we get some things confused when we talk about respect that's why i was doing a little bit of studying in god's uh -huh. word you know because we want to approach these podcasts of course if i sound weird i'm reaching for my water it's okay we're getting the real deal we said that filtered and wrong hey, that's right <laughs> absolutely but um you know the world talks a lot about respect today and i think um that sometimes we get confused about respect, but I feel like as people of God, we have to make sure that we approach these subjects from a biblical worldview and yeah. not a secular humanistic worldview. Absolutely. And so um, if you could see me now, I'm sitting at a table with a notebook on one side with respect written on it and a scripture. I have a Strong's Concordance in front of me and I have a Bible to the left side of me. And I have Daniel's phone with two definitions on it. <laughs> well, I have a paper that Antonia ripped out of her journal and I have respect at the top written. And then I have one, two, three, four verses written down. And then I have a, a small little outline of what I'd like to kind of throw out there tonight and then on the back I have two um uh oh my goodness my brain just went blank two 
explanations out of the dictionary of what respect should be. <laughs> so it sounds like we're on the same wavelength right? in thinking about this. <laughs> so um, I think probably, Sarah, the best thing to do is to start with the definition, because honestly, definitions matter. I think sometimes when we talk about these subjects, we forget to give definitions and we shy away from definitions. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when I was going through college, one of my instructors told me definitions matter. And I thought, well, of course they matter. Duh. Right. But then as I really began to learn to study and to research, I thought definitions matter. Half of the things that we think we know, we really don't know. (laughs) So very true. (laughs) Because, you know, nowadays we have things like I don't even want to mention what types of dictionaries are available because I don't want anybody to go look up them and find filthy things or ungodly things. But people have literally taken terms that were created for other definitions and have applied new definitions to them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think it's important to go to the source to say, where did this word originate? Well, of course, I'm, we're not, I'm not going to the Greek or the Hebrew or the Latin or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, taking it back as far as we can with a knowledge of what respect used to mean and what respect means in accordance with the word of God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, looking at Merriam-Webster, who's been around quite a while. <laughs> yeah. Thank you God know, I feel Webster. like is a more trusted <laughs> source when we're talking about definitions. Yes. Um, you know, and looking at sources such as that to give us some guidance on things like this, because if you listen to many people talk today, um, we which we talk to a lot on here, and I don't want to get bogged down in it tonight, but postmodernism has really changed the world we live in, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And so when you talk about postmodernism, it says that truth is relative. Uh-huh. So truth gets changed a lot. Everybody has their truth, quote unquote, Uh you know, and your truth is created based on the circumstances around you or the environment around you or the culture around you or whatever. So I think it's important that when we're talking about subjects like this, that we make sure we're looking at them from the correct worldview, which for us is a biblical worldview. Right. And, uh, and that's how we approach the conversation. So that's going to be the approach I take tonight. Okay. Sounds good. I think I'm going to kind of come from the same area. Um, but if you want, I can start off with what I found in the dictionary. Yeah, go for it. Um, one of the meanings that I came up with out of Webster, good old Webster's dictionary, said that it was a feeling, respect is a feeling of deep admiration for someone or something because of their abilities, qualities, or achievements. Now, um, I don't know how I kind of feel about that because I have respect for some people and certain uh, age groups that don't have a lot of abilities or qualities or achievements. And so I kind of, in one area, I do agree with that. But in another area, I disagree with that because I don't think that respect is just for those that have great abilities or great achievements or great qualities. Uh, And I think that's where kind of us as Americans and maybe even more in the world, I haven't been overseas for quite a while, 
Uh, last time I was overseas was when I went with dad to Vietnam and Philippines in 2010. But I feel like that we just as human beings, let me take it from that point. Mm-hmm. As human beings, that's where we have fallen down a lot. And I know I might sound preachy. I'm not preachy. I feel this very passionately. So that's where I'm coming from. I'm not preaching. This is how I feel. But I feel like we need to kind of step back from just being respectful to those with great achievements or great abilities or great uh, wisdom or knowledge or whatever you want to put there in that word. You know what I mean? Uh, Or qualities in in that area of what we're trying to say. So my feelings there, my personal feelings, and probably because I'm full of the Holy Ghost, God's spirit living inside of me, and I'm thankful for that. I think that he has put in my heart that really we need to learn to respect even those that don't have great abilities or great qualities or great achievements, because every person that we come in contact has something that we can all learn and grow from. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think to add to what you're saying, too, I think that's why it's important to define respect properly. I think sometimes we get the term respect um, tangled with the word honor, Mm -hmm. with the word to esteem, Mm -hmm. to esteem someone more highly than ourselves, to honor someone. I don't think... I think there's two ways that we can look at that definition. And I felt kind of like you when I first read through it and I got to thinking on it just for a few minutes and I've been thinking through it as you're talking about it as well. It says a feeling of deep admiration for something or someone or someone or something uh, due to their abilities, qualities elicited by their abilities, qualities or achievements. Uh I think that we could look at that two different ways. I think that we could look at that as, Someone who's worked very hard to achieve things and has disciplined themselves and has committed their life to a cause is worthy of respect. But I also think that when we're talking about a feeling of deep admiration for someone um, elicited by their abilities, qualities, or achievements, I think that could even talk to someone who is an elder because... Mm -hmm. Someone who's an elder has achieved things that we are younger have not achieved yet. Right. They've gained qualities that we've not achieved yet, that we don't, we haven't gained yet. Right. Um, They've also gained abilities just by the nature of living life that we haven't lived yet. So I don't think it's all negative. Right. Um, You know, 100% in that sense. Now, I think that the way the world has approached it can make it negative because it's become humanistic. Yes. You know, it's put the spotlight on people that have made, okay, I don't want to be unkind when I say this. So I want to be careful how I say this. But somebody who's gained a Nobel Peace Prize for, creating a cure for cancer to me has achieved something much more worthy of respect and honor than I'm sorry, somebody who dribbles a basketball down a court and dunks it for $5 million a year. Definitely. 
Now I'm not going to, I'm not going to um, degrade the discipline and the hours of practice that person has put into their skill. Right. You know, a famous basketball player, many of them have devoted their life to that, but really is that changing the world? Okay. So it's giving somebody entertainment for a moment, Uh but seriously, there are people that are achieving things that are so important that Mm -hmm. we don't recognize. And yes, we hear of all this esteem and respect given to movie stars that, I mean, unfortunately are immoral or don't live lives um, that are really world changing lives, you know, Mm -hmm. like for the good of others. Uh, Maybe they give from the money they make, they, they're philanthropists, they give to causes, whatever, but their contribution to society is not as significant maybe. And I think that might be, you know, I know we have to be very careful, but I'm a child of God. So to me, it's just not as significant. I'm not trying to be unkind or hateful because I, I believe arts are important. I believe somebody who sings helps people through storms in life that God gave them that gift. So, you know, there's a lot of layers to that. It can be very complex, but I think that in the world we live in, in carnality, a lot of esteem has been given to people that in my personal opinion, have not changed the world as much as some other people have that you don't ever hear about. Right. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I think I would agree. Definitely. I think um, that in that definition, you know, that we just went through from the dictionary, I think that there is so many layers. Good grief. We could have this podcast for three sessions and still not scratch the surface because it's such a deep layered subject that we really can't, there's no time to try and put it all into a 45 minute, one hour session. And so I think, you know, really what we're going to have to do is just kind of pick and choose. And maybe this is, a subject that we could come back and revisit at another time, you know, in a different way or whatever. So I agree. Um, I agree. But I think this is important what we're doing right now, because I think it lays the foundation yes. for the richness of the conversation, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. Uh, the next um, explanation that we came to was that respect was due regard for feelings, wishes, rights, or traditions of others. And, you know, I think there again, there's agreement and disagreement in both of those because, uh, and more agreement on this one than the first explanation, um, just because I do think that we need to be extremely careful in how we, and here we go again, girl, a lot of this stuff just circles back. And how we treat people, no matter what age, from the littlest to the oldest, from the youngest to the oldest, from the most intelligent to the least intelligent, from the most uh, svelte, if I can use that fancy old language, old English word, to the most heavy, if you get my drift, (laughs) if I can use today's lingo. Because I think that so many people nowadays 
they they have a tendency, and this can go with another one of our podcasts that we have on the list that we're going to talk about eventually, uh, is it's so easy to just shoot off our mouth, if I may say it, that raw, because that's what really happens a lot of times when we are in the moment of something we're doing or a group that we're with or you know, if somebody comes around that we feel uncomfortable with or about, or they're just not like us, their ideas don't align with our ideas, or they don't agree with our ideas, and our ideologies are different than each other's. And so we have a tendency to shoot off at the mouth. I'm very passionate about this. Again, I say that again, because I think that people tend to get so lifted up in their own abilities and ideologies that they forget that humans everywhere around us and everyone that we come in contact with always has something that we can learn and glean from them, no matter what size or, or intelligent level or um, whatever, just people in general, we can learn from. Right. Yeah. Um, When you're talking about that, I was looking at the Bible here because the Bible talks about having not respect unto persons. Mm-hmm. And it talks a lot about that in the context of many different areas. Mm-hmm. In Deuteronomy 1 and 17, it's, uh, it's talking about judges mm-hmm. and judges judging the land of that time. And, he's, and the writer is talking about them hearing the causes amongst the people. And amongst the tribe, and he's telling them to judge righteously between every man and his brother and the stranger that is with them, uh-huh. you know, and then it goes on to say in 117, you shall not respect persons in judgment, but you shall hear the small as well as the great. You shall not be afraid of the face of man for the judgment is God's and the cause that is too hard for you. Bring it unto me and I will hear it. So we see the Bible talking about being not a respecter of persons when we're judging a matter. I think that speaks a lot to, you know, uh, uh, social things that are going on in the world. I might sound like I'm kind of getting on a rabbit trail here, but I'm tracking what you said. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm tracking about where you said that, you know, people that have a greater style of living or people that are a different size or people that deem themselves to um, be more maybe modern or more fashionable. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, something like that and the way that they look. I mean, when we're talking about judging, being not a respecter of persons, when you judge someone, I think that speaks to that. Absolutely. Because this is talking about judges in the Bible. But today, a lot of times we find ourselves to be very judgmental of other people. And um, unfortunately, now the Bible says judge on a matter for its time. And I know there's a time and a place to judge. We're not talking about judging today. We can't dig into every matter so complexly all in one setting. Right. But but overall, without having to clarify every little thing, um, you know, that gives us a tip that we're not to be a respecter in judgment. And then in Romans, um, I believe it is. Let me see here. 2 and 11, it talks about that glory, it starts in 10, it says, but glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good, to the Jew first and also to the Gentile. So we know that this is dealing with a race issue uh-huh. or that it that that probably race or prejudice has come into the conversation somewhere mm-hmm. because the 
the Apostle Paul is differentiating between Jews and Gentiles. Right. And then he goes on to say, for there is no respect of persons with God. But he doesn't just leave it as race. He says, um, for as many as have sinned without law shall also perish, perish without law. Mm-hmm. And as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. So he goes back to the judge thing, judgment uh-huh. thing, you know. So he's talking about, you know, judging by the law of God, but judging other people based on their skin color or based on their ethnicity or saying, because, you know, back in that day, if you look at the history of things, mm-hmm. Jews thought they were holier than most people. You think about the Jews. They were holier than the Gentiles, right? The Gentiles mm. were heathens uh-huh. because the Jews followed the laws of God. You know, we don't think about this in our Western thinking. Yeah. And we, we look at everything in the terms of Western civilization, mm-hmm. but they had religious sex back then. And yeah. there were separations and there were things that were taken into the conversation in those religious sects, the way people dressed, right? Because the Gentiles didn't necessarily dress like the Jews all the time. There were certain standards of living that the Jews followed that the Gentiles did not follow. Mm-hmm. Um, there were certain standards of worship that the Jews followed that the Gentiles didn't follow. There was a separation just like there is in the church, but even within the sects, Then it goes on, which I find this interesting. It goes on to say in uh, James, I believe it was James two and one. Let me go back there. I think I saved it here because I was just putting some pieces together. And I thought this is interesting when you study this, how it starts building. Um, It says in two and three, it says, well, let's just start. At two, for if there come into your assembly a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, and you have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool. Are ye not then partial in yourselves, and are become judges of evil thoughts? <laughs> so there he deals with status quo. Mm-hmm. So the Bible talks about being a respecter of persons, about judging causes uh, respectfully, about hearing the stranger out, not being partial and playing favorites to those you know and those you don't know. Then it takes it to the level of racial respect, Gentiles Mm -hmm. and Jews, and then also um, those who are following the law and not following the law. Mm -hmm. And then it takes it to rich and poor. Yes, so I think that the Bible gives us an example that uh, we have, we are not that respect. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. If I can wrap this all up and tie it in a knot. Respect does not mean being a respecter of persons. Right. <laughs> the right. Bible specifically teaches us to not be a respecter of persons. Mm-hmm. So if we are basing our respect on a person's status quo, on a person's fashion, on a person's position, on a person's ethnicity, mm-hmm. on a person's, um, um, I'm not going to say role and authority because the Bible also speaks to that as well. So I'm not going to muddy the waters. We can right. get into that a little more here in a moment, but I'm talking about these, these, Basic things the Bible is talking to of whether you interpret the law this way and I interpret the law this way or whether you um, make 
a million dollars and I make $150, you know, whether your skin is brown and my skin is white. The Bible Mm -hmm. says, don't be a respecter of persons. I mean, it talks, I could go through, I'm sitting here with Strong's Concordance and I won't bore you for an hour with it. But I mean, it's one scripture after another that we Mm -hmm. could keep reading how the law and, and the teachings of the Bible were saying, don't be a respecter of persons. Yes. That's my response to that point. Super long one, but it's my response. <laughs> well, it's, I, I'm just sitting here thinking about what you were saying, because it's funny that you said that because I had looked up a couple verses and really um, it all starts one with God because we are created by God and we have to understand that even if and I'm trying to say this delicately because I want to be respectful. Even if we have not come into full truth and full knowledge and understanding of God's whole word, if I may say it that way, we still are going to answer to God. And so in our deepest, darkest depths of our human bodies, think might even be the soul of one. I think that we have to understand that we have, we have a responsibility to answer to God and how we treat others. Oh yes, absolutely. And from the beginning of time until the day we stand before that white throne judgment before his throne. And we are going to answer to him how we respected others through our actions, through our words, through our thought process. It all begins with God and it's all going to end with God. And so that is the most number one important thing. In fact, Psalms 119.15 says, I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. So I think that's our number one area of respect is learning to respect as God would have us to respect, first of all, his word and his ways. And then from that, it just kind of is like a domino effect. It's going to it's going to have its tentacles go out into every area of our lives. Yeah. I think that's a good point. And I think that's important to know what you're saying right there, because when we're talking about persons, God is saying he's teaching us through his word, not to be a respecter of persons. So then Uh we say, well, then that doesn't mean I, then that means I don't have to respect authority or I don't have to respect elders or I don't have to respect people in general, because the Bible says not to be a respecter of persons. That's Uh why I wanted to dig in here because I hear that argument a lot, but we're not supposed to be a respecter of persons. But on the flip side of that, now we're digging in a little deeper here. Let's unpack this a little more. Mm -hmm. Um, We are supposed to have respect unto the covenants of God. Right. We're supposed to have respect unto his precepts Uh and into his ways and into the standards of God. Yeah. We're supposed to have respect unto prayer. Yes. And then he starts talking about having respect unto thy statues. Mm -hmm. And so first 
we're learning we don't have respect we're not a respecter of persons but then we're respecting god's statutes his judgments his precepts his ways okay so let's unpack that a little bit more what does god say about our parents uh-huh obey them that have the rule over you and proverbs 1 and 8 hear the instruction of thy father forsake not the laws of thy mother exactly right so that's a precept and a statue of god's word that doesn't fall under the category of where it's talking about respect unto persons right because he's talking about a whole different subject when he's saying respect unto persons he's right. saying don't esteem somebody just because they're your favorite right don't esteem somebody just because they're a skin color you like right don't esteem somebody just because they make more money than somebody else does mm -hmm. or they come from this state and they're not from that state or this or area of the country like something that's comfortable to you yes or that they um that they i don't know that they hang around a group that you like or instead of a group you don't like they carry name brands and that other group doesn't carry name brands. I, I mean, we're, we're real, right? We're talking real because this even happens in the church. Yes. And so it's very important that we all understand that if we're truly brothers and sisters in Christ, Anna, and I'm sorry, I interrupted you, but man, this really gets on. It, it, it fires me up because if we're truly brothers and sisters in Christ, you know, you and I as family, we can get in disagreements and discussions and whatever. And we might be one minute having a huge argument, but the next minute we're crying and repenting and loving each other and laughing and having a good time. And that's where, that's where we should come from as a church body too. Right. Absolutely. You know, I mean, if we're, if we're really brothers and sisters in Christ, when we're looking at each other or whatever, we should love each other so much, even with our differences, that there That's should be the a level of respect, no matter what, there should be a level of respect. Yeah. And I think part of respect is, Sarah, is, is losing our, our pre, some, our pre assumptions. I agree. And, and part of respecting someone is to not stereotype them. I agree because we all, you know, I can say, I can honestly say when I grew up in the Midwest, I had a stereotype of what I thought the people in California were like. Uh huh. And then in my mind, I had a stereotype and then I moved out here and I found out that my assumptions were like way out there uh -huh. <laughs> and the stereotypes that I had in my mind were way out there. But I'm sure some of them had pre-assumptions and stereotypes of us as well. Right. Being from the Midwest, because you don't understand another person's culture until you've been exposed to it. And, you know, we always say, well, you leave your culture at the door when you come to church. Well, yeah. yeah. And yeah. And, <laughs> and well, let's not get into that. Right. <laughs> Because another story there. <laughs> I mean, 
you still have mores and norms that are instilled in you. (laughs) As much as we don't talk about that today, we all have mores and norms from locations we grew up with. There's still dialects. There's still accents we use. Mm -hmm. There's still ways of thinking that are just normal to our area that we grew up in or to the, to the way that we were raised. So, um, you know, I think part of respecting people is being careful not to stereotype. I agree. And is being careful not to assume that somebody else is thinking this way of me when I don't really know them personally. Uh And I think that, that, um, you know, that's just a challenge that, because we are so guarded sometimes. I'm going to say this as, as PK, we're used to living in a fishbowl. Yes. Okay. Growing up in a fishbowl. So we're so used to people, what we uh, perceive as people judging us uh-huh. or looking at everything we wear, looking at everything we do or whatever the case might be that we put up these walls and we have prickly pears out that we're like, Oh, they're judging me. Oh, they're looking mm-hmm. at me. Oh, they think this of me. Or they think that of me because I'm whatever. Right. That sometimes we have to let our guard down too, because then we're disrespecting them by perceiving that they are thinking something about us that they're probably not even thinking about us. That's very true. You know, and I think that's a challenge that as I think that in the church, we need to get over ourselves. <laughs> I agree. I do agree. Absolutely. <laughs> We all need to see ourselves as Jesus sees us and quit Mm -hmm. worrying about, you know, how other people might perceive us. And that's a conversation for another day. But I think before we can respect anybody else, we have to respect ourselves. True. And when we respect ourselves, well, first off, let me say this. First, we respect God. Mm -hmm. We respect his statues. We respect his laws. We respect his word. Then when we're doing that, that means we're being obedient, right? We're esteeming him. We're honoring him. Well, not necessarily obedient. Respect and obedient are not necessarily synonymous. Right. You can respect somebody and not be obedient to them. I guess kind of, sort of, they're kind of synonymous. They're not necessarily contradictory. Um, But when I respect God and his word and he says, you are mine, you're bought with a price. I have loved you with an everlasting love. Then we know that God loves us. Then it's okay to understand that if he loves us, we're worthy. So then we learn to respect ourselves because if he deems me worthy, then I'm worthy. And then when I respect myself, then I can start working on respecting others. Right. I agree. So from that what you just said is some of the things I had written down. Um, We definitely need to show respect for God and his house. Uh That is a massive part of us showing our respect for God is showing respect for his house. Good grief, girl. This may turn into a two or three week session because how do you (laughs) skim through all of this? Because when you really respect, you you have layers of areas that are vital for showing respect. So it's I think so tonight true, we have to just pick. <laughs> and so true. What are we going to really talk about having respect for? Because, I mean, when you get into this, it just grows and grows. It's like a huge plant just 
taken off in the sunshine. (laughs) It is so true. It's like, how do you pick a subject like this and really do it justice? (laughs) Hey, while we're talking about that. Okay. So this was the definition I got from my Bible about respect. One word, contemplate. And so I looked up the word contemplate in the dictionary, and this is what it means to contemplate for respect. View or reflect upon attentively or intend and expect or meditate. So I think when you really break it down like that, having respect is you just need to be attentive to whatever you're showing respect too, and you need to review or reflect before you even deal with any of it. I like that definition the best. It's amazing that came from the word of God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? Yes. I mean, so simple. God's, everybody says, well, it's so hard to understand the Bible, but really when you really dig in, the Bible is one of the most simple, simple things to dig into because it's so it, God made it to where everybody could understand it. Right. You're exactly right, girl. And that's why I would say in this, I mean, I know we, it sounds like it's huge and I know we got complex probably pretty quick here, <laughs> but I think, I think that's as complex as we need to get, because I think if you lay the foundation of what it is, yes. then you can talk about what is due respect and what, you might have a choice in respect on, <laughs> right? No you know, but I think it's important to define what respect is and what the difference between respect or persons and respecting somebody because you're being attentive. I think that's really important to differentiate. Absolutely. And I think we've, we spent quite a bit of time doing that. So I think now we can go a little deeper and talk about, okay, what do we respect and why do we respect that? Mm-hmm. So if we're going to really start at the top and we say that God is first in everything, then first we have to talk about how much importance it is to respect him and his house. Right. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Yeah. And honestly, I don't have any scriptures on that right now, though I do have uh, respect his statues and respect his covenants and all of that kind of thing. But there are things in his statues and his covenants that talks about what is sacred and yes. what is holy. And, you know, in a podcast, we can't we can't unpack all of those things. Some of these things, our listeners, y'all will have to go do some studies. Yes. <laughs> these are the opportunity for you to open up a study. What does the Bible say about the tabernacle? Right. It talks about what is sacred, what is holy, the holy of holies, things that you don't disrespect that you have a healthy fear or a respect of God in um, a tradition in the Pentecostal movement when we're talking about the respect of God in his house. And I know uh, the church here still does this. And I know the church in Kansas still does this. And I know a lot of churches that still do this. And this is just the tradition that we grew up with, that it was a sense of respect, but we were taught that the platform was the holy is place in the, in the building, because that's where God spoke to his people from. Absolutely. That's where God, uh, uh, it might not have been the exact place that God gave the man of God his word in. He might have received that in prayer, hopefully, or in a study before service. But when he goes to that sacred desk, that pulpit, that is where God has empowered him in that moment to become the voice of God to the people. 
Absolutely. God has empowered the man of God in that moment to become the voice of God to the people of God. And so it is sacred and it is holy. And there are going to be things that are anointed that happen there. And so nothing profane can be up there (laughs) or nothing carnal needs to be up there, you know, because that is a holy place. And so we say things like, um, there are certain things that don't belong on the platform or we don't chew gum on the platform or I don't, different churches have different standards. They might say children don't play on the platform. Right. Um, uh, There's a certain way we dress on the platform because we respect the holy place of God. Right. There should be probably certain ways we dress and standards. And like I said, we can't clarify everything in these conversations. People are going to have to dig deep and do their own studies. But saying that you're establishing these holy places when you respect God in his house, there are certain things we don't do at the house of God because it's a holy place. Yes. It's a sacred place. And I think in that, Anna, I think that even if there might be Uh, I'm trying to think how the best way to say this is maybe not as strict rules as maybe some of us have been brought up with, because, you know, when daddy was the pastor and even now with pastor Kerker here in Hutchinson uh, and even when we're in Pratt, you know, my husband as the pastor, we have very strict rules for the platform, you know, and you mentioned a couple of them, but I think that even if it were not preached, I think that that is something that we need to, as humans and God's people that love God and want to abide by his word as much as possible. And I'm not talking rules. I'm not talking about do this or you're going to be struck dead, do this or do that or whatever, because it it, here we go back to the, it has to be a heart issue. You have to love God so much that you're willing to make um, some commitments to him. And how you yourself respect his house, his platform, and how you teach your children to respect his house, his platform, the most holy place. Because it is. It is the most holy place. And it should always be the most holy place in the church and in the city, really. And so that is a huge thing that we really need to, as God's people and God's daughters and God's sons, we need to really dig deep and say, you know, God, if there's something that I'm not doing right, or I'm not teaching my children right about respecting your house, put it in my heart, put those convictions in my spirit, in my heart, so that I'm not just allowing myself to come in any old way, like, okay, we're back at church again, let's party or whatever, you know, um, and I'm, you know, Anna, and I hate, I'm like you, I don't have to clarify everything I say. I'm one of the funnest, loving, most partying kind of people there is out there. But I think that there, you know, here we go back to the balance thing. We have to be balanced and we have to understand there's a time to have fun and time to cut up and a time to laugh, but that time is not really in the church or on the platform. Yeah, I, I believe that when we talk about the house of God and respect for the house of God, if anybody has any doubts what it means to respect the house of God, they need to go read the story of Eli in the Bible. Absolutely. Eli and his sons. Yes. And how God wrote, I believe the word was Ichabod. Yes. If I remember correctly, I might be wrong, but I feel like it was Ichabod over the door of the house. Um, or 
maybe the child was named Ichabod. I can't remember all the nope, details. I believe it was the child, but, and it was also the sons because of the way they treated the house and desecrated it so much. They lost their lives right at the door of the house of God. And it was a horrific death. But it's, it's, um, and it talked, and when it said that it, it talked about, I believe the spirit of the Lord hath departed, hath departed. Mm-hmm. Um, you can read about that in first Samuel four twenty one. Let me just turn there just real quick. We won't spend a bunch of time there. But I think the reason people don't respect things or fear things like they should is because they don't study the Bible. I agree. I think pastors preach and sometimes people listen and sometimes they're busy taking care of kids or whatever the case might be. And they don't do personal studies and they think, well, you know, um, yeah, it was on the child and it said she named the child Ichabod saying the glory is departed from Israel because the ark of God was taken and because of her father-in-law and husband. Yes. It wasn't just because the ark of God was taken, but it was because her father-in-law and husband. And when you read why the ark was taken and why God was not happy with her father-in-law and her husband, um, they were eating pieces of the sacrificial of the sacrifices incorrectly um, the men were doing things they shouldn't have been in the house of God. Where was that there at? Were, it's in First uh, Samuel. Okay. And uh, um, and you can read it all through First Samuel, but yeah. this is a story of of the prophet Samuel. But it also talks about uh, Eli and his sons in right. here. And I think there's another area in the Bible where it talks about Eli and his sons as well. This is from. Uh, Samuel's perspective. Yes. And, um, but God killed Hophni and Phineas in the yeah. slaughter. But when you study into what Hophni and Phineas were doing and what Eli were doing, they were disrespecting the sacred. Yeah. There were certain, there were certain rules and standards that God had put in place at that period of time that he had told the, the priest and his sons to adhere to. And even the people of God that came to the tabernacle had to adhere, adhere to. A lot of times I think there's disrespect for the house of God because people don't know the tabernacle plan. I agree. And, um, and also a lot of times, and it is, the tabernacle plan is about salvation, but there's deeper uh, context and deeper yes. meaning than just the plan of salvation. Yes. It also gives us, an understanding of how the tabernacle was built and how people were supposed to approach the tabernacle and how people were supposed to make sacrifices and how they had to cleanse themselves. And, you know, we say all that went away when the dispensation of grace came, but we are to become a living sacrifice. Right. So there is the same way that we have to approach the sacred things of God. There are some things that the Bible established as a sacred approach that really doesn't go away for the church today. Now we don't do all the, all the rules and laws that they did in the old Testament and we're not under the Levitical law, but there's some things that were established in that, that if people want to learn about respecting the house of God, they need to study this tabernacle plan. Absolutely. They need to study what happened to people that didn't respect. Uh, let's look at Miriam. Yeah. When she went to Moses yeah. and she approached Moses improperly and she got leprosy, right? Yes. And got put out of the camp. And we look at Korah. Korah and his company. And his company and the earth opened up and swallowed them up. The reason people don't understand respect and fear of God is because simply they we need to study the scriptures more. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Because when we study the scriptures, God brings revelation and he brings conviction. And when those convictions come, rather than us just sloughing those off, now this is all still part of respect. We need to hide them in our hearts and we need to say, okay, God, you revealed this to me for a reason and a purpose. Now you're placing this conviction in my heart. Help me to walk by that conviction and to keep that dear and hold that dear because I need to teach that to my children as you instructed me to in your word so that my children grow up with a very healthy respect for you, first of all, and for your house. So let me just throw this out here when we're talking about respect to the house of God. Okay. So maybe this is as far as we get on respect today, because um, this is a big subject respecting the house of God as well. But think about this. You're a tithe payer, right? To your church. Yes. Your tithes, people are silly. They think their tithes go to support the ministry and make them rich. That's just sheer foolishness. Okay. We're being real and authentic. I'm going to say it. If it hair lips the devil. That is so such sheer ignorance yes and such sheer foolishness that i'd be embarrassed to say that if i didn't know better okay um because yes the man of god and his family may get a wage out of those ties but a lot of those ties and offerings go right back into that church building right they go into making sure that other people that are working at the church have a paycheck. They go into making sure the mortgage is paid. They go into making sure that the lights are kept on. They go into making sure that upkeep is done and maintenance is done on the building of the church. And they go into uh, starting other churches and missions work and ties and offering go into a variety of things. So you give your hard earned money to your church that your money helps take care of. And you let your kids go in and commit chaos and tear up what you just helped to fix or clean up. Right. So, I mean, to me, that's like, I I don't know. I can't say what it is because it's probably me. (laughs) But there's a term that I use for Daniel and I sometimes when I feel like we're not being good stewards. (laughs) And if I say it on here, I'll make people mad. Okay, so I'm going to say something for you, okay? If we're being real, I had a cousin that used to say, dirt to dirt. (laughs) <laughs> don't have respect for the sacred things of God. And when we give that money, we don't understand. We're not giving it to people. We're not giving it to a church. We're giving it to the Lord. Absolutely. And so what happens with it after it goes to God is none of our business. Well, and here's the thing too. <laughs> I mean, it is our business. I shouldn't say that that way. It is our business to some extent. Girl, I just, we can't qualify everything. Okay. You know, you know, no. I'm not going to dig into all that because I can get so complex with all that. But I do want to say something right there. I do want to say something right there. Because if you respect God, you're going to understand you would never have that money if it wasn't for him anyway. There you go. I mean, there you go. And so here's the deal. Are you okay when your kid punches a hole in the wall at your house? Yeah. I mean, do you (laughs) let them go and just write all over everything and mark everything up and spit on the floor and just leave it there? And, you know, I mean, if we're being real, we're being real, right? And let's, and let's not blame this all on kids no. because adults do dumb things too, you know? Absolutely. And so are you okay with you going in and not taking care of this beautiful place to worship that God has given you? Yes. Uh, or this, I don't care if it's not beautiful. It's a place to worship right now. We all ought to be super thankful for our That's place the to truth. worship. That's the truth. As much as we've had to pray and fast to even worship this year. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> 
So very true. <laughs> but but anyways, I mean, I just think that if we would do a study of the word of God, I know when you're talking about the house of God mm-hmm. and taking care of the house of God, it's like, think, think, you said it, Sarah, it's being attentive. It's being attentive and contemplatively. Contemplating. Thinking. Like, shouldn't we? Thinking these things through saying, mm-hmm. okay, I want my child to respect this because there's many layers to this. Mm-hmm. Sinners are going to come or I right. want my family to respect this. Not just my child. Kids are just kids. Yeah. But adults, I mean, adults, kids get what they get from us. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, if, if, Everything if trickles down from the top. Exactly right. And, and, and girl, there's people coming to the house of God now if we're talking about the house of God, that they've never been in a church before. They don't even know what it means to respect the house of God. When you say respect the house of God, they're so lost. They're like, what's the house of God? Well, they're like, what's respect? Exactly right. Because, you know, nobody's ever taught them that, or maybe they've never attended church before. So it's a whole different world than it was 30 years ago when we were kids and just about everybody on your block went to some kind of church. Absolutely. So very true. So we have a big task on our hands when we talk about respect, because first off, we have to define what respect is. We have to make sure people are looking at respect properly. Yes. Then I love out of everything we said today, the the definition you gave out of the scripture, being attentive and to think and to contemplate. I think that's like literally I can almost erase the whole conversation up to that point and start from there. Uh Because that simplifies it. And I mean, so how? what better definition than God's word? Yes. To say, this is what you do. This is what the Bible says you do. And and if you do this, you're going to respect, man, you're going to respect God's house. You're yep. going to respect your elders. You're going to respect authority. Yeah. Because you're going to be attentive to the things that need to be attentive to. Right. You're going to honor them that have the rule over. You're going to give honor to whom honor is due. And you're going to obey them that have the rule over you. And you're going to dig into all these deeper things of respect and what respect looks like because you're attentive. First, you're attentive to God and his word. And mm-hmm. when you're attentive to God and his word, you contemplate and think about the deeper issues of respect. Absolutely. And not only that, when you start digging and you contemplate or think about and you become attentive, then you're not bored. You don't have to look at your phone for two hours. Okay. And now I'm jumping on a rabbit trail, but seriously, (laughs) all these times that we say, I'm so bored, let's pull out the word of God. Okay. So So here's my challenge for this month. Start studying the word of God and respect for God's house. Yes. That's my challenge for the rest of October. Study what God's word says and dig deep. Don't just read the stories, but cross reference and get in and and dig it out for yourself and say, God, put this in my heart so that I can train my children because it's a lost thing. It's a lost thing. Yes. You're so right, Sarah. And and in that challenge, when we're talking about respect to for the house of God. I'm just going to issue my personal challenge. Your pastor may not preach. Just do whatever your pastor says. He's the one you have to follow. As he follows Christ. But I'm going to just throw out a challenge for all of you as an administrator of a church. Yes. <laughs> and somebody who works on the operational side of things. Start respecting the house of God that you go to by throwing your gum in the trash before you go in the sanctuary. Absolutely. And here's why. Here's why. Because when gum gets in carpet, it is a nightmare to clean up or pews and most usually, or chairs. And most usually it's not the person chewing the gum that cleans it up. 
<laughs> right. I mean, let's so talk true. about it. So we're talking about being attentive, contemplating, thinking. But most usually it's not the person that's chewing the gum or spit the gum out that's cleaning it up. Okay. Sometimes it is, but most usually it's not. Right. So it gets in the carpet. Somebody has to figure out how to get it out. Then they use something on the carpet that gets the carpet miscolored or it gets stuck on the bottom of a chair or a pew. And then somebody has to put on gloves to go get that nasty stuff off the bottom of a pew Mm -hmm. or a chair. And then they have to go dig that stuff. And you know, I'm a gum chewer. Like I like to chomp gum. Yeah. We know that. (laughs) (laughs) I drive my family crazy because I love to chew gum, but I'm working in the church for years. There's nothing that is more to me disrespectful than people <laughs> chewing gum in the sanctuary. It just makes me mad. You know what dad used to say? <laughs> what? Dad Go used ahead. to say, for goodness sake, get rid of your gum before you come into the house of God. You look like a bunch of cows out to pasture chewing your cud. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. And here's the thing. You might chew it really good because, you know, I know singers sometimes have to chew to keep the saliva in their throat or whatever. Mm-hmm. And some of them are really discreet about that. I get that. Okay. That's between them and God and their, their leadership. They can do whatever they want. Right. But, um, and I've done that before because if your throat's really dry and you're trying to sing, you got to be careful, yeah. you know, and, and you got to do that too. So there's a whole nother thing there, but I'm talking about people that are just sitting there chomping <laughs> and a little kid is seeing you chomping. And then pretty soon the little kid <clears throat> is chewing gum and they're not as careful with their gum because they're just a little kid and they get bored. And so they're stringing gum while the preacher's preaching and they're sticking it to the pew and they're sticking it to your shoe and they're sticking it to the carpet. And I mean, you know, we just don't think about stuff like that. So that's my challenge is throw the gum away. <laughs> that's probably people no, they got a spiritual. They, they probably said they talked about respect for an hour and all they said being was throw your gum away. <laughs> but it's true. I guess we got a spiritual challenge and a, and a physical challenge. <laughs> I know anybody who's ever cleaned churches and anybody who's ever dug gum out of carpets and off pews is thanking me. And especially right now in COVID when we ain't supposed to be touching people's germs anyway. Seriously. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That is so true. (laughs) Oh goodness, Sarah. I hope we did some good tonight. I hope we laid a good foundation. I think we need to talk a little more next week about this. I agree. I think we need to take it to the next level of, you know, what we had originally intended to talk about respect for authority, respect for your elders, respect for each other, um, you know, and that type of thing. But I hope we didn't get too complex for everybody tonight. Let us know, listeners, please let us know. But I think it's important on conversations like this to lay a foundation, especially in the world we live in today. Yeah. And I'm going to leave with a, a verse here that God laid on my heart while we were talking. Malachi three and six. I am the Lord. I change not just something to think about and contemplate on. He doesn't change. It doesn't matter what the world around us says. That's right. Thank God. Lord. And he doesn't change. Amen. That brings security to me. Amen. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. Yes, he is. And when he says, I change not, that means his covenant doesn't change and his standard doesn't change and his statute doesn't change and his precepts doesn't change, don't change. Amen. (laughs) So when everything about him, 
none of it changes. None of it. So when you're studying, study all that good stuff. Yes, absolutely. I don't care what all this funky doctrine is nowadays. God doesn't change and his word doesn't change. So very true, sis. (laughs) Okay. Well, thanks for talking with me tonight. I'm glad we got some of that hashed out. Now I've got a lot more to dig in for next week. (laughs) <laughs> me too me too that kind of grew on us i felt like we were under a mushroom i was like man i gotta bring my mind like i gotta track what she's saying <laughs> it definitely grows the more you get into it for sure so hopefully we'll help others get to going and digging in for themselves okay well sis yeah i had fun talking with you Me too i hope All you right. have a good night go get you some good supper We're going to. All right. Let's dig in for next week.